Okay, before we get into this episode of Goodwill is Hunting, and I am recording this at a different time, so sorry that the audio is going to sound a little weird, I, we thought it would be a good idea to give a little content warning at the top, because if you've seen Looper, you know that the film deals with some pretty heavy, heavy subject matter involving children and harm coming to uh, children of a pretty young age. So not only do we discuss that within the fiction of the movie, but we do also discuss the recent tragedy at the elementary school in Texas. I think you know what I mean. So if you don't want to hear that, there are a couple points. One, where we start to talk about why old Joe, and what his mission, why he's in the past, what his mission is, as well as when we're talking about Ryan Johnson keeping to his vision for what the movie should be. So if you don't want to hear that, when those pieces come up, skip forward a little bit. And the rest of the episode, you should be okay. If you want to skip this one completely and you know revisit it at a later date, or maybe you don't ever want to hear about that, totally fine. But just wanted to make sure that we, we, we did highlight that that content is here. Otherwise, uh, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Drop one on, it's time to jam! You good? I am good. All right. Welcome to is what episode 18? I don't I oh god. It's nice on I the should fran- know. on the franchise podcast. I don't need to keep track. And the other one's really easy right now because we're so close to 200. I know that the next one's 199. Uh we have two other podcasts. I'll get to that later. But not this. What is this one? Good Willis hunting. Yeah, I actually did, I had to ask because I didn't know <laughs> for a second. <laughs> at the end i'm gonna be like what's something you're currently in jo- oh fuck i so, I, I started thinking about that last night i'm like oh god what am i enjoying and then i realized no wrong podcast we're fine i, was I don't actually, have to like anything i was really actually excited to talk about what i'm currently enjoying because i haven't got to say it yet but that'll have to wait until i guess tomorrow when i record the episode where that matters um we did looper as you know if you listen to the last episode we spun the wheel of willis and we got 2012's Looper. So we get to do a 10th anniversary movie and a somewhat rarity in these parts. Got to do one, a movie we've already seen. And two, a movie that's good, like really good. Yeah. Which one could argue might make the ensuing conversation a little off brand for what we typically do around here. But come on. Out of everything we're going to do, I think there's what one, there's two movies that we can say we've both seen before. Uh, yeah, maybe. You said this and Unbreakable, I think. Oh, on the wheel, on the current wheel of Willis, yeah. yes. Oh, and Cop those. Out, because we do have to do Cop Out at some point. And I, I know you seen... saw that. I we sh- saw sh- it together. Did we? Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Fuck you. We saw it together. Did we? I'm now Googling cop out. Oh my God. It's him and Tracy Morgan. They're cops. Bruce Willis has a baseball card and it gets stolen. How dare you rewrite our history together? (laughs) This is my version of hackers. I am convinced I've never seen this movie. You're going to get to cop out, get five minutes in and go. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay, shit. I have to watch this a second time. Because we both, I think we both left and went, yeah, okay. And I haven't seen it since, so. I have no memory of seeing it. So that really, if I did in fact see it. Even uh... better. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we, but we know we saw this one together. That one stuck with you. With my brother too, which was a weird one. I don't don't remember why he was there. That is an odd grouping, but. Hey, I'm sure we all enjoyed it. It was a good time to revisit it because the 4K disc came out. So I got to look at my new shiny 4K disc. Uh, what do we, where we, oh God, what do we usually do? Do we start with 
Like when we guess we, I guess we set it up. This is 2012. So is this at the height of this isn't quite at the height of Bruce's powers, but no, I think this is kind of it, it's it's the beginning of the tapering off, I would say. Yeah, because Looper does coexist with Cold Light of Day and some of the some of the stuff we've already covered. Yep. So this this is when you could say the 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 Venn diagram still crossed between direct to video and theatrical. There was still, you know, a yeah. little bit before they started just to become two separate circles. I'm just going to, I should have had his filmography pulled up in front of me. But yeah, at the same time, the same year as Looper was Fire with Fire and Cold Light of Day and Lay the Favorite. The, the uh, after airstrike, the other movie that I just don't really feel like doing. So it'll be kind of nice to rip that bandaid off. But he also did Expendables 2 and Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. So, so like, still some solid stuff. Yeah. Two of his, like, I guess we need to put Moonrise Kingdom on the list. I didn't even think of that. That's okay. That's cool. I'm excited to watch that. And then next, the year after, he did A Good Day to Die Hard and a couple others. So we're not quite there, but. A good day to die hard, not to be convinced with a day confused with a day to die. Yeah, there was only a singular good day to die hard, whereas a day a, a day to die could be any day. It is not calendar specific. Could be a Tuesday. Could be a Tuesday. Could be a holiday. Might not be. Could be. Well, I guess we'll see you when we get to that. One. <laughs> I'd really hope at some point in a day to die, someone looks at the camera and says, seems like today. Is a day to die. So Looper, written and directed by Ryan Johnson, who most people know today as the guy who made the Star Wars movie they're still fucking complaining about years later. Uh, Sam, what's your favorite Ryan Johnson joint? He actually doesn't have that many. I, I, I didn't realize that he did this until I was looking at the page for Looper yesterday. I think probably in 2012 I knew um, because I was a big fan of Brick. Okay, I was going to ask if you've seen Brick. I'm surprised that we've never, I've never pitched Brick for So Do We Still Like This because I saw it one time, really liked it, and it's been like 17 years or something. So, okay, well, we'll add it to the list because I'd be down for, I'd be down for a Brick episode. I think I still have the DVD. Ryan January. (laughs) (laughs) Something, I guess. (laughs) I mean, like not really but... July and Johnson there we did it <laughs> and it'll be easy because I think he only has like five movies so we could easily yeah, we, we could knock out there. his whole filmography in a month <laughs> that would be a podcast first I still haven't seen his Star Wars movie I've been resisting eventually I'll have to watch it because it's got Oscar Isaac it's one of my personal favorite Star Wars is, is I remember leaving that theater. We saw the like the big fan event, which is either the night before it came out or two nights before it came out. I don't remember now, but we were amongst you know the first groups to see it. And we left that theater and I was jacked up. I was like, man, that was the best Star Wars since like Empire Strikes Back. Holy shit. And then I was so stunned to then watch the ensuing days as people on the internet went like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And some people have made that their personality to this day. You still can't go to articles that say, oh, is the new flavor of Mountain Dew the worst thing ever? And someone in the comments will be like, no, that'd be the last Jedi. It's like, dude, let it go. <laughs> like it's, it's time. So you should see it, especially because I don't think you've seen the others. So it'd be fun to just, just for you to watch episode eight with no outside context. Yeah, I haven't seen any since the the prequels. So that'd be good. Um, fun f- question, I guess. Is Looper Ryan Johnson's most well-reviewed, according to Rotten Tomatoes, movie? Uh, Without looking it up, because I see I would- your eyes moving. No, look I. At, you look at me. Cause, it's because of my precariously balanced webcam. I am looking at you, but um, I would say yes. No. Oh. Knives out. Oh. I. Yeah. 
I mean, I haven't seen that still. Oh, it's great. Knives I, Out. So I've heard it's on my list. You should see. Yeah, Knives Out was one of those great movies because I could recommend it to anybody, like anyone who was like, "What should we watch?" I could just say Knives Out, and I yeah. recommended it to my parents and friends and just everybody until they'd all seen it, and I went, "Shit, now what?" And I never found a new one. But guess what? Knives Out Two comes out later this year. So once again, I'll, I'll have it. something. Yeah, he's got a really good run because Brick is really well reviewed. The Brothers Bloom, I haven't seen, but it's decently reviewed. And then his Star Wars critics really liked it. And then we got suck. Yeah. And then we got Looper and Knives Out. So and a handful of Breaking Bad episodes. So, I mean, the dude, the dude's output is real good. And I'm especially impressed because if you look at that, that is a lot. That is a variety of movies. Yeah. Like Looper and Star Wars, both sci-fi, yes, but two very, very different kinds of sci-fi. You got your sci-fi epic and your, you know, more of your high concept sci-fi with a little bit of brick in there with the whole, you know, Joseph Gordon Noir, yeah. doing his like, I'm a this and I did this because that's what detectives do. Yeah. Brothers Bloom, I think, is like a con artist movie. I haven't seen it. I have no idea. And then you got your knives out, which is the old fashioned murder mystery. So I like that this dude, this dude dabbles, although he's set to do knives out for like another couple of years, but still. And then, of course, you got my boy Jiggles as Joe. Uh, that's what true Joseph Gordon-Levitt fans refer to him as. Which is why you will not hear Sam say Jiggles this whole episode. Hey, I could be a Jiggles fan. You're not. I was a Jiggles fan. What, oh man. When did you fall off the Jiggles copter? That's what we oh. call it. It's not a train, it's a copter because he soars. I actually I don't know. Maybe shortly after this, but that was really? more well, it was less to do with him and more to do with just I kind of stopped watching movies. Oh, I guess that's so, fair. Yeah. So it I was gonna say right after this, didn't he, do, didn't he do Batman right after this? So yeah, I saw okay, yeah. So I saw that, obviously. I think that actually might have been the same year. I'm just gonna check. No, Dark Knight Rises, uh, yeah, same year. So Dark Knight Rises, I think, was summer. He also did Premium Rush that year. You ever see that? Where he's the bike manager that Michael Shannon's trying to kill? No, I don't I don't think so. It's but... better than you would expect, I'll say that. Also, how dare you claim I'm not a Jiggles fan when 10 Things I Hate About You is like my all-time favorite movie. Yeah, but that's an ensemble. I don't wow. it doesn't necessarily mean you're a hardcore wow. fan. This is just a cast full of very talented people. That's a great movie. Like my favorite movie of all time is probably Pulp Fiction, but I'm not going to call myself a Travoltite, which is probably <laughs> what they refer to themselves as. All two of them that are left. I'm sure there's a couple of people who are like, this is it. This is the one that's going to do it. Like really speed kills. This is the Travolta. Yeah, this is it. You motherfucker, you're going to come back in a month and say, I'm sorry that I doubted you. That'll be the next podcast. He does kind of. There's not as much hitting after this. Like he had a run there where it was Inception and 5050, Dark Knight Rises, Looper, Lincoln, Don John, I actually quite liked. But then it falls off a little bit with Sin City 2. And yeah, I'm I'm looking at his filmography right now and I. I do actually think that the last movie that I that I saw was Looper. Yeah. Wow. There's huh. some good stuff in there. I, this is reminding me I never watched Super Pumped, even though I read the book. So I should probably watch Super Pumped. And evidently he's voicing Jiminy Cricket in the live action Pinocchio that a trailer just dropped for, I think, yesterday strange choice yeah it's not even going to theaters which is too bad because i just want to see that whale i want to see that live action whale that's gonna scare that's gonna scare the children have you watched the old pinocchio in a while yes this is still good willis hunting but when am i gonna else am i gonna get a chance to do this oh man the original pinocchio's fucked up i do remember like he gets drunk and then he grows donkey ears and like and he like smokes cigars and yeah they all turn into donkeys and then a whale eats him and it's just it's just a 60 minute visceral nightmare so i really hope they translate that to the live action which they won't because he's not gonna drink he's not gonna smoke it's like when live action is lame now yeah when live action dumbo came out directed by tim burton they were like he's gonna He's going to just destroy us with the pink elephant sequence. 
and, and he backed out. He backed down. So Jiggles is Joe. <laughs> and Bruce Willis is old Joe. And you know what? No, you set it up. Yeah, wanna... so young Joe is a looper who lives in, I, I think, 2044 is when it's set. That sounds right. Um, so the, the whole premise is that in 2044, time travel is not a thing, but it gets invented 30 years in the future and immediately banned. So basically when mobsters or whoever bad guys want to get rid of people, they just they have kind of like had this black market time travel set up where they send people back and then the loopers kill them. But the whole reason that they're called loopers is that when their contract is done, their former selves are sent or their older selves rather are sent back. They kill them, they get a big payout and then they get to live their next, you know, 30 ish years living large and I don't know, doing shit yeah basically so, knowing the that premise. their time is up and we should highlight because this is something i've weirdly hung on to since the movie came out the reason that they are sending people back to the past to get killed is because apparently the future has a very intense like body tagging system so that if somebody dies like it's hard to get around you know oh i don't know where that body went so they just send it to the past and it's like they've killed someone who doesn't exist and then wh- the reason I remember that is because I'm not going to name him. I don't think he listens, but I'm not going to name him. There's a movie critic in the area and he writes for the local paper and he's on the local station. And he also, I think he's like Canada wide. He makes some TV appearances and I've never really liked him because I don't think he's very good at critiquing movies. And I'm not going to say I am, but no one's you know paying me to be a movie critic. He just, when he appears on the radio, talks about the plot for two minutes and then goes, I thought it was pretty good. And, I know. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. And and his whole thing he, thing is that he's just known for spoiling shit. And it's infuriating because one of the co-hosts on the radio show brings that up every time. Like, please stop talking. Please don't spoil it. And it's a big joke like, oh, and he will. It's like, that's what not a dick. It's like, that's not funny. So anyway, the reason I'm bringing him up is because when Looper first came out, I don't know why I remember this 10 years later. But his review for phone, damn it. His review for Looper was like, so let me set up the premise. That's his voice. So he's a Looper and they send people from the future back in time. So he'll kill them. Why they do that, I don't know. It's never explained. And then we saw the movie and we're like, it's literally the third line of dialogue at the start of the movie. There's no way to misinterpret anything. It's as though Joseph Gordon Levitt pulls like holds you by the shoulders and goes this is why we're doing this and i guess that's probably the moment where i realized oh i shouldn't listen to a thing this guy has to say like yeah it's it's explicitly stated that yes there are tags and trackers and it's extremely difficult to get rid of a body which is why it's easier to just send them to the past and then i have no words (laughs) just making noises so before we get to the idea of his future self being brought back, we are shown the consequences of what happens when you do not go through with killing your future self in a sequence that I have not forgotten. Like going into this movie, there are two things I remembered very clearly. And this was one of them. I didn't. And oh my God. So our boy, Paul Dano, AKA new Riddler, does not when his future self is brought back he immediately chokes and lets him run off and the penalty for that is you keep you got to get murdered now like you're a liability and how they do this is so jeff daniels is the head of the he was sent from the future to run this organization in the past and i like that they say he, he there's really nothing he needs to do so he kind of just lounges around and does nothing all day cuz it's so easy to run like the thing just runs itself so he captures past self and one thing they do in this movie a lot which is kind of cool is to communicate with their future self in the modern time they'll just carve a message into their own arm so they do that and say hey you got to come meet us here and then they don't really play fair cuz they say he has 15 minutes to get there 
but then future self immediately starts losing pieces of his body as they amputate them off current self. So at first it's a finger and then another finger, I think. Yeah. And then his nose and then one of his hands is gone. And then when he's driving, like one of his feet disappear. And it's such a, it's such a well executed, like, just a great way to display like to set up a lot of the rules of this universe and how the past self affects the future self without having anyone sit down and say so what would happen if this happened like it's just such a horrifying idea yeah it's really well done and it's creepy and gross and like it's not it's not gory like you never see the actual gore apart from like a really quick little snippet right at the end of that that scene but like it's just so horrifying like because these wounds are just appearing like fully healed and scabbed over and scarred over and it's like ugh. yeah it's a good i feel like it's a good uh pre-drinking session for you as you prep for crimes of the future yeah <laughs> gotta get a little little taste of body horror before you get to the main course tonight I'm still both very excited and very wary about that. But anyways, we'll see how it goes. Cannot wait to get your thoughts. So uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes out to the field where he is going to, where they use a blunderbuss, which is the name of the shotgun that they use. And I forget the reasoning. What is like, you can't, you have to hit something close. Like you pass like 15 yards or something. It becomes impossible to hit. Yeah, basically, like anything closer than 15 yards is, you know, impossible to miss anything more than that is impossible to hit. Yeah. So like his literally his job is he just stands in a field until a person appears in front of him and he just immediately shoots him. And that's it. That's how he's making his making his money. And then so he goes out to do it. Bruce Willis appears. We immediately know something's up because everyone who shows up is wearing a hood. But he's just like, check it out. I'm here. I'm Bruce Willis. They lock eyes. Bruce Willis whips him in the head with a piece of gold, punches him out, and we have our, we have our premise. He has let his future self go. So the his goal, young Joe's goal, the entire movie, is to kill his future self to try and get back in the good graces of Jeff Daniels and the organization. And I guess we'll get to what old Joe's plan is. Yeah, it's also they kind of established the whole loop thing really well too, because after he runs the first time it then like circles back to a timeline where he killed old joe and then got to live his life to get to old joe yeah and then come back not get killed and kick off the current timeline and we'll get i guess it's a good time to talk about one of my favorite things the movie does is because time travel movies must be an absolute nightmare to write um, what are your, what's your favorite all-time favorite time travel movie, Sam? Oh, God. Time travel hurts my brain. I like a time travel movie. They hurt my brain. I can't think of one off the top of my head other than The Time Traveler's Wife, which wasn't great. So what I'm hearing is your answer is Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. <laughs> I didn't remember there being time travel in that. It's, it's been a while. The premise of the movie. <laughs> He's a remember. 60s swinger who gets frozen and wakes up in the 90s and okay. then pees for okay, a really yeah. long time. Yes, okay. It's great. It's either that or a really long time. I figure it's either that or blast from the past, but I don't think that counts as a time travel movie, Sam. I guess it would. No, because he's just in a bunker for a really long time. He doesn't time travel. He lives out his days normal. That one doesn't count. You need to pick a different one. <laughs> This is my problem with literally any question about my favorite anything is that like it immediately just wipes my mind blank. It's like I've never seen a movie before in my life. I mean, mine's a cliched answer because it's probably Back to the Future, which is like another one of my all time favorite movies. I'm trying to think of some other ones. For some reason, I went straight to About Time, but I've never actually seen that. Well, (laughs) that one's good. I enjoyed it. Uh, What? I mean, there's that Adam Project movie that I just watched on Netflix with Ryan Reynolds, but that wasn't great. The Tomorrow War wasn't great. Um, Tenant, that was a time travel movie. That was... I didn't see that. Fine. Oh, Terminator's a time travel movie. That's those true. Are, that one's those good. Those are great. 
So there you go, Terminator. Oh shit, Sam, I have the answer. I know what your all-time favorite time travel movie is. Are you ready? What is it? Are I'm you ready, ready for me to blow your goddamn mind because I'm you're ready. gonna because you're gonna agree? Donnie Darko. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. There you go. I yeah, figured out that's... your own I figured out Thank your opinion you. for you. I appreciate it. That's what friends are for. To tell you your favorite things. Oh, Groundhog Day. That's a good one. I never saw it. Have you ever seen? I think I mentioned this on So Do We Still Like This. Have you ever seen a movie called Primer? Yeah. That's one I want to that's one I want to revisit. That one hurt my head. Yeah. That one, like yeah. That's one of those ones where they really sat down and went, What if time travel was a thing though? Like, let's really figure that out. Where to go back to my original point, what I like that this movie does is when old and young Joe meet for the first time and they're talking in a diner, young Joe starts to ask him questions and old Joe just dismisses it and goes, look, I don't want to talk about time travel because we're going to be here for hours drawing diagrams with straws. And then he has a follow-up question. He's like, I don't fucking want to talk about it. And that's it. And I appreciate a movie that just went, you know what? No, because the more we talk about it, the more we're going to find holes. So just no. We're not going to talk also, about this. I also like that when he time travels, he seems to just crawl into like a human sized toaster. That's true, too. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> like, I, it's just full of wires and it glows orange. And then suddenly he's in a field, which is kind of cool, though, because they say that time travel was outlawed immediately. So they didn't really have time to finesse it and make it look sexy. No, it's still just being held together the like an old ass computer just a big bulky piece of nonsense that we never got to you know iphone up so i liked that that the rules are established well enough but like i'm sure if you really wanted to sit down and go well hang on like what about this and if this happened i'm sure you could i had questions (laughs) okay let's hear them or do do they not make sense till later uh well, my main question was just why do they make them kill themselves? Like they could send the loop back to someone else. And then it's like less awkward than killing yourself. I mean, I get like the big payout, but yeah, could, I guess that's they could it. Plan cut for that. Cut out the, they just cut out the middleman, I guess. I guess. So you don't have to go and say like, hey, Jed, okay, how do you go yeah. today? And he, Jed would go, oh, man, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but. I shot you and then you go, oh, that sucks. And I guess it's a true test of your commitment I guess. to the organization. You know, if you're willing to, you know, this is your, your, your final, are you loyal to the company and to what you've signed up for? I guess. I and guess. there's still room for liability in the other one. Like Paul Dano and Joseph Gordon-Levitt were friends. So yeah. if yeah, he Paul Dano his, went to kill Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he might be like, oh shit, that's Joe. I don't want to shoot Joe. I guess. I guess. And I mean, in most cases, it's not an issue because they don't know that they've killed themselves until they've killed themselves. But yeah, that's true, too. You're not supposed to know until you see the gold when you go to get the money. I also I did respect that uh, Joe sells out. I can't think of Paul Dano, Paul Dano's character's name, but Uh, I can't either. They say it a lot, but I, I respect that he sells them out. Yeah, and you could tell that he was like genuinely upset about doing it. But he does go through with it. So I thought that was, you know, he's he has a bit of a redemption arc, but the character of Joe. He's he's morally gray. Yeah, a very dark gray. Yeah, especially when old Joe comes into play and what he's there to do, which we should probably get to soon. Um, Yeah. But in the interim, I have a, a little, a fun little story for you that I, I grabbed. Um, this is Joseph Gordon-Levitt speaking about that scene, the, uh, the diner scene. I'm just pulling it up here. Uh, Paul Dano was Seth, by the way. Ah, that makes sense. Okay, so this is an interview he did, I believe, earlier this year talking about his time on Looper. And a fun little moment that he recalls. There was a scene in the movie where we are yelling at each other. I don't know if Bruce did this on purpose or if he did it unintentionally, but it was kind of the highest compliment he could pay me. It was right after they said cut. He was turning away and walking back to his mark. He didn't even say it to me. He just kind of said to himself, sounds like me. And I just turned to myself and went fucking yes. 
I think knowing him, that was really his ultra generous way of paying me a compliment, but it was very kind to do it that way. So I thought that was nice. That's a good story. Because yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I like that they did this. I don't think Bruce Willis did any, put any effort into trying to be like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but apparently, oh shit, why am I calling him that? Apparently Jiggles put in a lot of time to be Bruce Willis and there is makeup and in some points especially in a side profile it yeah, does it's good. it does look like young Bruce but also just in his way of speaking and his mannerisms he is trying to do that so it is nice that you know Bruce Willis was like Jesus he's pulling it off yeah yeah I think he he nails the mannerisms and like you said from the side it's pretty good from the front he kind of looks like if Edward Norton were in an accident. Yeah, he's got like a, a bit of an Owen Wilson nose going, but his eyebrows are real weird, especially when you consider like even when Bruce Willis was young, like he had very sparse eyebrows. Joseph Gordon Levitt's are like these two giant, like fuzzy caterpillar thick. They're bizarre. Yeah, but I think he's 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 pulling it off. Like when they yeah, are does. talking yeah. in the diner, you're like, you know what? Good for yeah. you, because that's a big thing that will take you out of a movie is if they show someone's younger self. And, and you go, hang like on, them. how in 10 years do you become you? That's ridiculous. I did like when they were doing like the time skip of like, you know, year one, year three, year whatever. It's like it jumps from like year 10 to year 23. And like suddenly he's Bruce Willis and his hair is like long and straggly, but like totally bald on top. And I was just like, and those were a rough 13 years. Like, I'm, well, we know they were so. Yeah, he looks like a Fifth Element character. He looks like the, gear, like the bad guy from Fifth yeah. Element at one at that point. Yeah, not his best look, but it's yeah, short lived. <laughs> it is. It's fully very, bald. It's, yeah, it's very brief. And then I, apparently, even he realized, you know what, things are bad, but they're not this bad. Get the Clippers. So then we start to learn. So we have the scene in the diner where Young Joe and Old Joe. Kind of have their face off and young joe makes it pretty clear i'm going to kill you like i'm going to this is something i'm, I'm gonna do but bruce willis is bruce willis so he gets to do a lot of awesome shit in this movie and is always punching joseph gordon levitt he also has one of my favorite little badass lines in this when joseph when jiggles says why don't you just do what old men do and die and his comeback is why don't you pull your little gun out from between your legs and do it boy boy yeah Good little, good little bit of business there. Gets to drop a little French on us because this is, yeah, he's trying to learn French because once he retires, he's going to go to France. I also like that line when Jeff Daniels says, you should go to Shanghai. He's like, no, I'm going to France. I'm from the future. You should go to Shanghai. So he goes to Shanghai. Which he does, which apparently was just because they didn't have the money to shoot in France and their Chinese distributor gave them some money to film in Shanghai. And they went, <laughs> all right. So Perfect. that's why that got shaped the way it did. But whatever, that's fine. All right. I think we need to get yeah. into it. So we picked Looper, obviously, before a certain tragic event happens in the U.S., which is, I think, now a couple weeks, but obviously still being felt in the in the I, which is actually really good. Um I mean, most people, maybe in the future, you won't know what I'm referencing to, but there was an an awful incident in an elementary school in Texas. And the one nice thing, I don't don't even want to say one nice thing, but something that is good to see is that it's two weeks later and people are still talking about it. I mean, there was another school shooting yesterday that killed like nine people, I think. Yeah, there was three shootings happening simultaneously yesterday, apparently. So yeah. I'm I'm happy to see there are some conversations happening. I think a couple of things even happened here in Canada. Like yeah. we're, we're taking some action and, you know, we'll see if he follows through. But Biden did say that they're going to bring the assault rifle ban to the house. So I really hope that this is finally what it takes to see something change down there. Yeah, it's that's at least it's nice to see that 48 hours didn't go by and everyone went, well, that's that was an awful thing. But I guess we'll keep doing what we're doing. I'm glad that people aren't letting them forget this. So keep keep that up. I think the rage directed at the the cops that also completely failed to 
do literally a single fucking thing except restrain the parents. Yeah, restrain the parents yeah. and then repeatedly lie. Oh, well, the teacher left the door open. Actually, she didn't. Oh, um, well, this and this. So Oh, he shot a window out. Oh, he did this. Oh, like, no. yeah, no, you're just. Yeah. And they won't cooperate with the investigation, which that's what innocent people do, right? Yeah. If you got if you got nothing to hide, you just go, no, no, I don't want to answer any questions. Yeah, I'm sure it'll all turn out fine for oh. the cops because it always does. But that's, that's yeah, that's the sad, almost inevitable outcome. But I'm happy that the outrage I'm glad that, yeah, hasn't at least, died down. Exactly. At least it's still being discussed. At least actions are being taken. I think charges were brought, but yeah. So don't don't let them don't let them off the hook. I know we have some listeners down in the U.S., so keep fighting the good fight. Keep the pressure on these fuckers. All that to say, Looper hits especially different right now when we find out that old Joe's goal is to... Okay, so in the future, there's this criminal dude named the Rainmaker, and he's got you know psychic powers and just kind of came out of nowhere and took over the entire city. I don't think we knew he had psychic powers at that point, but okay, maybe not. That is something. Yeah, they 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 said he comes out of nowhere and he doesn't have anyone backing him. He's not like you know they're saying oh it would take an army and like old Joe says no it's literally just him and in six months he's closing all the loops he's taking out like the mafia like he's just he's cleaning up shop big time in a way that again is you know probably more than a little morally gray so it's the same thing you know all the characters are kind of shady and they've got their own motives but yeah anyway so yeah the rainmaker the rainmaker is responsible for killing old joe's wife who brought him back from the like he in the future gets super into drugs and then basically becomes you know more of an underground hitman to keep fueling them drugs and then she comes along and turns him turns him around and gives his life meaning again. And then she's killed by the Rainmaker. So old Joe has come back to the past to find one of three kids who grows up to be the Rainmaker. And he's just pulling, you know, he's like, I don't, he doesn't know which one it is. So he's just going to take them all down. And we do see it. It's off camera, but we see it successfully done once. And that that is quite a move to have your protagonist do that. Yeah, definitely. You know, is the, well, it's like you said in a message to me, the entire movie is largely hinged on the age old question of if you could go back in time and kill little Hitler, would you do it? But But would you do it if there's 33% odds? Yeah, that's it too. Uh, And I appreciate that they show him completely break down after he does it. It's a really good bit of acting on Willis's part. There seems to be the implication that he lost a child too, because he yeah, does yeah. say that, you know, they, she want his wife wanted to have kids and it wasn't in the cards and she would have been a great mother. But after he breaks down, you see them getting up to, you know, tend to a baby crying in the background. So, yeah, which is exactly why when I told my wife, Hey, I'm going to watch Looper. And then was like, do you want to? And then he immediately realized, Oh, wait, no. No, you can't watch Looper because I, I still did remember the, the scene where he breaks down and why he was breaking down. And so that that is we don't I don't want to that's it. That's a very intense part of the movie. So that is his goal. And due to a bunch of plot stuff that we don't need to get into, uh, young Joe ends up at Emily Blunt's farm. And anytime Emily Blunt shows up in a movie is a reason to be excited. Yeah, I like Emily Blunt. Everyone likes Emily Blunt. That's why we always... She's very likable. That's when. That's why when we go to see one of her movies, we say we're going to go take a hit off that Blunt. That's what you say when you go to see an Emily Blunt movie. She apparently signed on to this before she even finished reading the script. She's like, I didn't even know who I was supposed to play. I was, just, <laughs> I was halfway through when I'm in. And she gets a really good character whose name I, of course, forget, because I always forget character names, Sarah. So he ends up at her farm where she has uh, her son, who's probably, what, five or six? Yeah, about that. And so he's come there because he knows eventually old Joe is going to come there. So his original plan is to hide, but then he gets caught up in their lives. And 
that's kind of the back half of this movie. So we get a, you know, our world building in the first half and in, then in the back half, it's actually a really like the budget for the movie was pretty low and you can see it's largely kept to one location in the back. And then we start getting into more of, you know, Joe's redemption as he lets go of being selfish. I'm just in this for the money and looks, starts to question like he goes back and forth of is maybe old Joe doing the right thing versus that question of the environment and, Hey, will things turn out differently? It reminds you remember in another awful situation with the whole Russia, Ukraine thing, that video came out of that woman being like, Oh, Putin, if I had been your mom, I would have loved you. And this would have turned out very differently. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Basically. If, if the Rainmaker had a loving mother, will he still grow up to be the Rainmaker? And obviously, you know, huge spoilers for Looper. If you didn't already know we were going to do that. We don't get that answer. No. We are kind of left to, you know, probably because the reason he grows up to be the Rainmaker is in the timeline we're watching unfold. Bruce Willis or old Joe will shoot Sarah trying to get to her son. And then the son who is also scarred because he does a shot whizzes, you know, kind of grazes his face, kind of isolates himself. And he, we already know he has psychic powers that he can't keep under control. Kind of, we have to assume harnesses those and then comes back 30 years later or whatever at peak power to say, fuck all you people. It's the Rainmaker's turn. And it's kind of a twist too, because Sarah had left Sid with her sister because she didn't want to raise a kid at, you know, 22 or whatever. And, uh, you know, Sid accidentally kills his mother, his, his, you know, falls off a bookshelf and like when he gets upset, his powers go nuts. Yeah. So, and I think that that was one thing that old Joe told new Joe is that, you know, the, the theory was that, you know, oh, he, it said that like, you know, he lost his mother and that just set him off. And now he wants to like take, like there was a setup somewhere in that conversation that like new young Joe knows that like, oh, it's going to be a kid who lost his mother. So the whole thing is kind of like, okay, it's, it's already inevitable. It's been set off. Like he's lost his, what he considers his mother. He calls Sarah Sarah, you know, keeps his distance is, you know, always saying that she's lying and she's not his real mother and this and that. So when you see at at the end, again, spoilers that, you know, young Joe is realizing that, no, it's when old Joe kills Sarah that sets off this chain of events. Like you have that realization that like, oh shit. Okay. He's like, this is it. So I thought that was kind of kind of neat the way it twists yeah it's a very small scale ending to the movie like there's not a big showdown between old and young joe he has the realization and then very quickly and calmly points the blunderbuss at his heart pulls the trigger old joe fades away done credits (laughs) yeah so the I, i appreciate that the movie then didn't go on to say Oh, and here's the new future that they created. You know, you're kind of left to assume, okay, with his mom, who in the final scenes, instead of calling Sarah, he does call mom because she's trying to calm him down because he's about to, you know, kill Sarah and old Joe because his powers are freaking out. She calms him down. He calls her mom. They have, there's a bunch of silver because there was a big action scene on the road where Bruce Willis has, I think, stolen one of the cars. How did the car full of silver get there? I think, yeah, he, he stole the car after he killed Abe and all the Gatman. And he was bringing the gold and everything to Joe and telling him, like, just, you know, take the car, take your money, go live your life. I'm going to kill this kid. Yeah. And young Joe says, no, <laughs> that's nope. And and then that other dude comes out of nowhere. Kid Blue. Kid Blue. Yeah. He, yeah. His death is pretty good. Yeah. I like Kid Blue. He was in Brick, too. He was good. Uh, yeah, I, don't remember, yeah, right. I don't remember the actor's name. Ryan Johnson does seem to keep keep his folks pretty close. Like even looking at Jiggles' filmography, he wasn't physically in Knives Out or Last Jedi, but he does voices. So 
he gets to at least show up. Noah Segan is Kid Blue. Okay. Apparently so, also in Knives Out and the Brothers Bloom and Star Wars. So Not there you go. He does in them, but he's, Ryan, he's in them all. Ryan Johnson keeping his boys close. I had a another quick thought and I lost it. Oh, it was just a small thing that I liked is when Joseph Gordon-Levitt first meets Emily Blunt and obviously is like, oh shit, Emily Blunt. It starts to affect future Joe's memory as well. And he has to like kind of keep like keeping the memory of his actual wife in his head, which I thought was nice. You know, again, a neat way to show that as different things start to happen with young Joe, how it's going to, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it shows the cause and effect, I guess. Yeah. And the thing I kind of forgot about this movie is obviously when it came out, they kind of, the high level elevator pitch is, two hitmen who you know one is a hitman has to fight his future self and it's bruce willis and you're like oh shit a big action epic bruce willis movie not an action movie no it's very much sci-fi like sci-fi with a hint noir, of action, crime noir. Yeah. yeah there's the scene in the diner does turn into a shootout and then when Bruce Willis escapes at the end and kills a lot of people. Which at, was great. Yeah. That's uh, a good scene. That's a very good scene. Got lots of good Willis rage as he just is like, you motherfuckers. Good stuff. But for the most part, it's, yeah, pretty quiet, very intimate, pretty limited cast. Like the back half, like you get a couple of extra people, but it's mostly Jiggles, Blunt, Kid, occasional Willis. I actually, in this moment, I'm realizing I should have for this one done a Willis time count like we do in the other episodes because I feel like maybe I'll do it. uh, It's like we have other episodes. It's not going to be too late to bring it to the party. But it was interesting because, you know, and all those other ones we're watching, they're like, oh, Bruce is only there for 20 minutes. Like, I feel like his screen time in this would be about mid tier compared to some of the other ones we've watched. Yeah, because he doesn't show up. I, I checked. Because you can't not check when the Willis shows up I on Good it. Willis Hunting. <laughs> it was 28 minutes in. Yeah, and he doesn't speak until 37. Yeah, because his first montage uh, showing his life, he never actually says a word. So it's the 37 mark before you actually hear him talk. And then when Jiggles gets to the farm, you barely see him. Like, is the, there's the one awful scene with the kid where he breaks down, but then for large chunks of the movie, he's not there. Yep, you get a little bit of when he realizes that the second kid is Piper Parabo's kid and, you know, sneaking around and then Kid Blue attacks him and all that good shit. But yeah, he's not there a ton. Like, I would say probably like it's a two hour movie. I'd say he gets maybe 35 minutes. Yeah, I would say that tracks. And obviously he's super good in it. Yeah, there are no I don't think we get any generic bald guy, though. No, he is there and committed. committed. And I can actually pull out something to tell you just how committed he is i know um i don't have the exact quote in front of me but i read that kevin smith book that he released a few months ago like his big visual history and it's at that point obviously it was very well known that he had a contentious relationship with willis because of cop out and he went to other directors and said is this the kind of experience you had and ryan johnson said absolutely no he was an amazing partner on that movie and here here is um a quote from bruce willis from the time the movie came out. It's better than anything I've ever done. Ryan did an amazing thing. He conceived an original story. He wrote it, sold it, stuck with it, directed it, and finished it, Willis says. That's just tough to do in this town. Someone always weasels into the process. That didn't happen here. And if he never did anything else except that Herculean effort, he'd have made it in the business. Amazing. That is one hell of a quote. It's not even done. It's more than an original story. It's a story people are going to talk about and see twice and argue about. I was arguing with myself about the story when I read it the first time. That's all Ryan Johnson, beginning to end. Great, great director. So that's, man, you're a, Ryan Johnson must have been feeling good that day because that was around the time of Red 2 when Bruce Willis was very, there's videos of just how, on the media tour, he was just so disinterested. There's like a couple uncomfortable videos where he's just 
kind of going at the interviewer and you can tell he doesn't want to be there. So for that same year to have him say, this is like, this is the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. It's impressive. Especially when you think about what he had done. <laughs> so I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Like, it yeah. makes sense to too why he would. And I mean, it's a really good role. It's he gets to do the action stuff, the drama stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a good movie. Like it's, yeah, I, I didn't, I'll, I will say I remembered basically nothing in my memory. Old Joe and young Joe team up to like take on Abe. And that's obviously not what happens. I didn't remember the whole kid thing at all. I did. Thank yeah, God I, I did because if I yeah. helped my wife into watching this, oh boy, she would, would still not, not be well. talking to me. So no. I'm glad. Yeah. Th- that was one of the two things that I did remember. And I am, I'm happy that they didn't go the route of, you know what? We do need to team up to take on a bigger evil. Yeah. This was way better. Like I like the idea of Joe being committed and like the reason behind it, you know, like at first it has nothing to do with personal redemption. It's just like, how can I weasel my way back into Abe's good books? And like, yeah, it's just good. It's just great. To Willis's point too, about how someone always weasels their way into the process. You have to believe that there were executives going, there is absolutely no way you can have Bruce Willis in a Bruce Willis movie. Shoot a kid. No way. You cannot do that. Ryan Johnson went, watch me. Yeah. And Ryan Johnson was just like, what if instead he kills more than one? So yeah, it's uh, there. And the, it's not a happy ending really like, and there's no big action set piece to close it all out. So I truly believe when Willis says that, that it's probably true that he stuck to that vision. He did not make any compromises to have, you know, like you said, the moment where they go, you know what, we need to set aside our differences, do a bro handshake and go in there and get Jeff Daniels. Nope. It's yeah. The ending is just that last little piece where, you know, like young Joe is saying like he can see it playing out in a circle over and over and over again. He says, so I changed it. And they just flips the gun and shoots himself. Like, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Now, 12, 10 years later, Looper still, still, hit, still hits. That's like, like we said, a couple part, parts hit very differently now and yeah. light of some stuff. So, you know, be prepared for that. But in terms of just pure s- storytelling, world building, it's done exceptionally well. Like we said, I'm sure if we started to pick at it, you'd start to find those. Well, hang on a second, but I don't know. It's kind of, I don't want to do that. And maybe people I, right now are disappointed that we're not going to do that. But I did get to the end and wonder whether the first kid that Bruce shoots, whether he comes like what happens to him if old Joe doesn't exist? I assume he would come back. Like if uh, same deal with like all the okay yeah I again we don't want to get into the time travel I don't have a box of straws available to me to create diagrams but like what about like all the loopers that were sent back that closed the loop because the rainmaker was closing the loop all very valid questions exactly if you start to go down the path of well hang on if in the original Best timeline. Not to. Young Joe grows up to be old Joe who comes back and shoots all these people, except now there is no old Joe to happen. Is Jeff Daniels just back and okay? Or is it one of those? Well, no, it's only going to affect things going forward. All of that stuff is already done. Yeah. Unclear. Unclear. I'm going to assume yes, that all of that is now in the past and cannot be changed. It's just things going forward. Yeah, but uh, yeah, time travel. Time travel. Fucking time travel. Yep. It all can't be as simple as what if you went back in time and your mom wanted to fuck you? (laughs) Which is a question that someone in 1985 at least dared to ask. The answer, Sam, is uh, comedy shenanigans. 
an all-time comedy classic. I haven't seen those movies in so long. They are still very good. Yeah, Looper. Piper Paraboo gets naked. So if you watched Coyote Ugly when it first released and was mad there's no nudity, Looper. There you go. Uh, that was directly addressed at you because I remember when oh. Coyote first came out and you were like, PG-13. I was, really dis- I was really disappointed I didn't get to see Piper Parabo's boobs. So, yeah, you were, you were probably also eight. You weirdo. <laughs> and Coyote actually <laughs> came out in like 2000. I don't know when it came out. Anyways, you know, what's weird is that we don't have to spin the wheel or do a random number. We know what's next. Yeah. Oh, but you know what we didn't do? Welcome, everyone, to whatever this segment is called, where I just go to a website with box office numbers <laughs> and just talk about what's happening. Um, all right, here we go. The weekend of September 28th, 2012, Looper opens at number two with $20.8 million. It's respectable. It opened against another Sony movie. Sam for a billion trillion points. <laughs> what beat Looper? Was it Spider Man the... Three? No, that no, was way that was way earlier. Uh, it is a kids movie. They have since made three sequels to this. It's Despicable Me. No, that's not Sony, is it? Um, I think it is actually. DreamWorks is Sony. I... No, I'm I not know. sure, but. It is not. It is not that. <laughs> Obviously um, not. It has a lot of Saturday Night Live people voicing the characters. Lots of famous characters from the world of horror. But obviously softened up for a kids movie. Is it Hotel Transylvania? It is Hotel Transylvania. Opened at number one with forty-two point five million. Jesus. You know, what's particularly interesting is there was one other. Well, actually, there was two other new movies that week. But one of them, Pitch Perfect, opened at sixth. So I have to believe if I start clicking forward, you're going to see it hang on because they made two more of those things. Unless maybe Pitch Perfect was one of those. Oh, it flopped in theaters and became a huge hit at home movies i I think it kind of was i think maybe yeah because i do not remember that as being around the same time period as like at all rounding out the top 10 so hotel transylvania looper end of watch with our boy jakey g trouble with the curve which i think is a clint eastwood baseball movie uh house at the end of the street which I think is a Jennifer Lawrence horror movie before we knew who Jennifer Lawrence was. Then Pitch Perfect, Finding Nemo 3D, Resident Evil Retribution, which was either the third, fourth, or fifth Resident Evil. I think it was the fourth. Then The Master. And then our other new movie in 10th place, Won't Back Down, which I think was like a Karate Kid ripoff. Oh, that was the time Dread was flopping because it was in 11th after opening at 6th. Poor Dread. Now let's see. Let's just follow Looper's trajectory here. Holy shit. The week after that, Taken 2 opens and earns $50 million. How did we let that happen? <laughs> like, as a society. I guess we all really liked the first one. And then, so we couldn't imagine how poor things would go from there. And there we go. Pitch Perfect goes from 6th to 3rd. And, um, of course, the all-time classic Frankenweenie opens at fifth. Of course. Let's keep going. This is a pretty good time for movies. Here's Sinister. Sinister shows up on the charts with 18 million. Taken 2 made another 21. People clearly learned their lesson at least a little bit. Uh, Your favorite uh, movie there, what's the Paul Blart guy's name? Kevin James. Your all-time favorite Kevin James movie. Here comes The Boom. Another Sony joint. Sony there, like, okay, we'll do Looper, but then we gotta do Here Comes the Boom. Which thankfully did not make as much money. And Hotel Transylvania, so people getting all the Kevin James they could handle in October 2012. Let's keep going. Paranormal Activity 4, which is a good time to pimp flipping through franchises. Uh, 
find out why it's the worst paranormal activity <laughs> by going over to like 30 million fuck off 2012 what are we doing like how how are we letting dread make no money and then we're like oh but paranormal activity four, all the activity has led to that so we got to go see that now looper's barely hanging in it's a tenth but it's at 58 million so it's like double its budget it's pretty admirable and uh yeah as we've established i could do this for the next hour so i'm gonna stop because as of october 26th looper is out of the top 10 right below chasing mavericks which i think is a gerard butler surfing movie which opened in 13th place <laughs> with two million dollars <sighs> it was Close. fascinating when we do this because I've never heard of like three quarters of the movies. And I always get to test my ability to be like, I think like just how how on earth did I just tell you what the movie Chasing Mavericks is? A fucking maybe surf movie that opened in 13th place 10 years ago that two million worth dollars worth of people saw. Like, why do I know that? That's so stupid. <laughs> Yeah, there's no point in even saying where would Looper rank because it's the best movie we've watched on this podcast. Yes. I think we knew it would be. It was a known. It's like when we do the Unbreakable episode, what are the odds that we're going to watch Unbreakable and go like, what? what? That sucked. What are we talking about? Are we including all three of those, by the way? See, that's an excellent question because I was thinking the very same thing because I think we need to include Glass because he's a major character. But does that mean that we need to include Split? Because it's technically a trilogy. And if we don't do the middle part of a trilogy, that's just weird. I kind of think we have to. I kind of think we have to. Literally, the the Willis time count will be like 15 seconds. Not even. I think think it's like four. (laughs) Spoilers for a split, but I think it's pretty well known at this point. Man, though, what would I give to capture that moment? The dawning realization of what was about to happen in split. Man, that was cool. Like, I still I, haven't seen Glass, so I'm looking forward to that because I, I was like enjoy the other two. Physically shaking my wife, going like, "Holy <laughs> shit! Do you know what this is?" And she didn't. It's like, well, um, is there any other segments we do? I guess not, because we're not picking another movie. No, I think we're done. I'm not. I'm not thinking back. I'm not really sure why we picked two. Because I mean, we'd still have to record one between. But anyways. Well, I think because we didn't know how the timing was. I don't know. I don't remember either. It made sense at the time. I think maybe we talked about just watching both and doing, I don't know. In this moment, we have not watched Acts of Violence. Um, I was talking to my brother the other day and I told him that was next. And he goes, oh, I've seen that one. And then he made a face. (laughs) So (laughs) the best is every time. So. Anytime I mention this podcast, my dad is like, oh, so what are you watching next? And I tell him, he's like, "Mm, I don't think I've heard of that one. I don't think I've seen that. I'm like, no one has. Like, you're fine. Yeah. Every time it's like, every time. What Willis movie are you doing? It's like Vendetta. (laughs) Um, It's like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Although what I'll tell you, I'm excited kind of to get back to one of those. Like, I feel like it's been a while. I feel like, yeah, exactly. Airstrike, I think we watched it fucking march or something oh, and it can oh, it can oh, I, f- I feel like i'm jinxing us by saying this but it can only go up from airstrike god i hope i hope because that was awful looper almost felt like cheating like it was just going against the essence of everything that we're doing here this is i don't know so i'm like i'm i'm still excited to get through his back catalog because like i mean we've talked about the fact that i've seen basically none so that's gonna be fun but also blind date was so bad yeah i don't know if it's gonna get that dire again so i I would hope except for lay the favorite i'm pretty okay with just about anything we would roll the dice on right now i don't even know why i don't want to watch lay the favorite i just don't i still want to i don't know i don't know what anything's about so no that's i mean that's that's the the thing is neither do i i just don't want to (laughs) i'm not looking up any of the old ones either that i haven't seen just just for the sake of, you know, keeping my my Willis innocence until we record. It's a good way to do it. All right. Well, I think this is a long, our longest Willis yet. So let's call it there. Next up is Acts of Violence. 
and then uh, then it'll be back to the gold, the golden, the golden years or whatever we decided to call the pre golden era. Yeah, the golden, golden years is. Yeah, I don't want to use that terminology, but no. the the old stuff, the pre, you know, the stuff that goes beyond the scope of what we originally set out to do. There you go. That's Peak the Willis. That's the official name. The episodes that go beyond the scope of what we originally set out to do. That's what they're officially called. It's a bit wordy. Yeah, I'll write out the acronym after. <laughs> to Wolfsol Disist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we'll, then, we'll workshop it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the meantime, flip it through franchises also available on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Just type the words that I just said into the search bar and we got to, we got our home alone season and we got our, our, our paranormal activity season and we got a third season with a whole new genre coming out soon, except the person I'm doing it with decided to go on vacation for two weeks, which I thought wasn't allowed. But apparently my contracts aren't as airtight as I thought. So I was only allowed one week. What? What's this bullshit? I think I wrote yours after I learned my mistakes mm. from the original ones. And then what's the other podcast we do? So do we still like this is about to hit episode 199, which looks like it's going to be the John Cusack horror film 1408, which I'm pretty excited to go back to, actually. And then uh, I can continue to undersell episode 200 for anyone who's like, oh, he's going to do another four hour banger. Mm -mm. No, he's not. But it is. It should be enjoyable enough. I don't know. And then uh, we got some real dumb shit planned for the other for the for on the other side of episode 200. Some really good stuff, too. We got some authors coming back to chat about their books, but also we're going to fucking do jesse bradford movies for one, one <laughs> not, even, not, not even jesse bradford movies movie, movie, jesse bradford movie for one singular. month and there's i was just yeah i won't share any of them just yet but i threw a couple other ideas out to my wife where i was like you know what what else he's just super dumb is blankety blank so yeah i'm still my... i'm still standing behind you and march gregor which maybe we'll see. March is a long ways off. It's uh, not that far off, Sean. No, it's really not. Uh, so thanks everyone for listening to whatever podcast you listen to. It better be all three. If you get the hat, it, it feel good about getting the hat trick. Thank you to Sam. Unless this time, because you got to watch Looper. Eh. So your sacrifice wasn't as great as it's been in recent no. year, in recent months, but. Next up is Acts of Violence, so you'll get a proper thank you next time. <laughs> and uh, we came up with a new sign-off last time, and I don't remember it. Uh, yeah. Keep looping them loopers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>